and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 475. That's right, the big 475. Yep. Right after the big 470 <laughs> for us. <laughs> what are we talking about tonight? Tonight we're going to be doing feedback and we're going to be doing some miscellaneous things that actually need that we really haven't discussed. So it should it could make for some interesting discussions or conversation. We're gonna we just it's gonna be like almost like a free-flowing, just little little thoughts and things that we haven't really t- talked about yet or and and or that some instances may have just popped up but we're going to just bounce some things off of each other and uh things things of that nature uh that's that's the game plan for now so probably so maybe like so i'm not sure if it's gonna be a 50 50 split between feedback and that it depends how it goes but we know we're gonna there's a bunch of feedback that's been building up, so we don't want to let that go. So that's going to be our major focus. Yeah, it's like ever since we opened the Discord, people are are writing in because uh, they're interacting with us more. Yeah, man. For sure. All right. So where do we want to start? Uh, let's start with Ryan. Let's go in order. I'll, I, can, I'll, I can read Ryan. Okay. I know there's a lack of GL content, but I just wanted to say you were still putting out quality shows. Thank you. Some of my favorite or most anticipated episodes or movie reviews or the movies coming in the following year. Maybe at the end of the year, you could go back to your most excited lists and see if the movies you expected to be in the top five stayed the same or if they shuffled around or if there were any surprise hits. I've only used Discord a handful of times for Animal Crossing, but I'd be happy to give it another try. Shoot me the link. And also, this is for Chad. <laughs> fuck fuck Comicsgate. Thanks. Amen. And that's Ryan. So... <laughs> On this subject, yeah, I mean, I I did email Ryan back about this, but the reality is, way back in 2020, I pretty ironically, that when we we had we had already discussed when we did our preview episode, our movie preview episode, we had already kicked around the idea of doing not necessarily a revisiting specifically of our lists, but looking back at the year, basically the year in movies as a whole. And just doing a look back at so which essentially would have covered a lot of what Ryan's talking about, because inevitably we would have talked about movies that we were looking forward to and movies that we, you know, movies that we weren't. But did we have any surprises? So that is certainly a strong possibility since this is shaping up to be knock on wood, the, the first beginning to end normal, quote unquote, normal year since 2019. For movies that it's there's a strong possibility that yes we'll do something like that as we get into uh probably into december yeah i mean on the one hand i get what he's saying on the other hand like first of all what i'm about to suggest doesn't exactly cover all of his his suggestions but in a way it does i just think that 
sometimes you know we end up for better or for worse you know not necessarily by design we end up doing a movie review episode like an entire episode about some of the, for the most part most of our each each of our top five at least comic book way wise so we sort of accomplished some of that in those in those reviews like you know was it what you expected so on and so forth but i just i do see what he's saying and where that where that would be different than than uh what we end up saying in those movie reviews right because there could be merit in looking at what we were looking basically how many of those movies in our top five let's say hit 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 you know hit the bullseye right were they regardless of where we had them ranked do you know do Looking back at the movies having come and gone, do we think they lived up to the hype or, or the anticipation we had versus maybe some movies we thought were going to be complete garbage or were neutral about and that we ended up really, really liking them or surprise movies. So, yeah. All right. And let's see here. Charlie's next for you. Charlie. Uh, Charlie said, uh, hey, guys, just wanted to first say you guys are seriously awesome. Been rereading through all the uh, new 52 GL runs for the first time and have been listening to every episode since the new 52. It's made all the books so much more enjoyable and it made me more excited to dig into them and hear your guys' thoughts after. Really love the idea of the Discord and was wondering if you could send the link. Thanks for a lot. Hope all is well from Charlie. And yeah, we, we I guess, yeah, we, we started around the new 52. Well, we, we started by playing catch up with the new 52. God, remember those episodes like five wait four issues or something uh an episode yeah and it's almost like the, the the golden age well other than the fact that it quickly led into the darlin war but if we could move <laughs> if we could if we, if we could forget about that it was somewhat cool having you know being on the ground floor i mean as much it was a daunting task for anybody to have to follow jeff johns and it was less and, and it was a less than thrilling daunting task to be the ones reviewing the post jeff johns run but yes, we pretty much hit the ground. We pretty much hit the ground running at, at that stage of the uh, somewhere in the midst of the new of the new 52 run. Wasn't obviously it wasn't directly in the beginning because Jeff, you know, because Jeff Johns hung around for a while. Was it 19? Issue 19, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. that was the last one that he did before he left. So he, so Jeff Johns was was on for almost two years. So of so the new, new 52 was around for about two years, a little bit less before before he bailed and obviously we came in and then we had to catch up because Jim and Dan were very bright to not have any desire to review a lot of those books <laughs> and kick the can down to us. But we're glad he's enjoying it. And, and you look back at that overall body of work with all the, with all the titles we were getting there and everything. Yeah, that was a, that was not a overall. It was not a bad, it was not a bad time. It's just that the green lantern book itself was not particularly great. Yeah, I'm looking, anyway. yeah, I'm looking at, let's see, two top fives in a LARF release report. Yeah, our first review episode, uh, Green Lantern 21 through 23. Yep, we were playing, we were playing catch up big time. All right. Lance, go for it. All right. Hey, Chad, Mark, as a lapsed fan returning to my roots, I've missed out on a lot in the Lantern books. Listening to the cast over the past few months, I've noticed that Simon's upset both of you. Here we go. This is what I referenced last last episode, especially Mark, and that Jade got Chad to put her on the DNI. As any other issues I've noticed seem to be more about how a character is handled, like the unquestioning acceptance of a new, of a new GL whose ring works differently as a guardian secret project, obviously Joe, or a particularly willful kid with a massive plot armor that 
Kelly. Then the ch- then the choices they make. My questions are number one: What did Simon and Jay do to get on your respective bad sides? Two: How could a creative team change what you don't like about them while keeping the rest of their characters intact and interesting? And three: Same question, but with Joe and Kelly. <laughs> Very good email. And you were both doing a great job, which we appreciate. Um, well, again, I will just accept that Simon got under my skin more than Chad. I don't necessarily still believe it, but I do, I am I am more vocal about it. So I have to take this, this, this you know, the slings and the and the arrows and everything else. Answering the questions. Well, my biggest for me, I mean, we, we know, I know what you're going to say about Jade. The thing with Simon it's just that it's hard to see what Simon has a real purpose other than they don't, they have never given him a real reason to exist other than he has a natural exist reason to exist in his origin, but nobody ever goes back to it. You know, when a ring, when a power ring is giving instructions by both Hal Jordan and Sinestro at the same time to find a bearer like me. And they have to combine those two seemingly paradoxical instructions into and, and translate it and do something with it. And they find Simon Baz. That is what would make Simon interesting to delve into what makes Simon, what about Simon Baz makes him like the bastard child of how Jordan and Sinestro. <laughs> so if, if they were to explore that, the positive qualities or and depending on one's perspective, the negative qualities of both Hal Jordan and Sinestro that are inside Simon, that would be something That'd be some, something worth exploring. But other than that, it's just that it's, and it also did not help that, as we've talked about in Green Lanterns, they purposely wrote him to be unlikable to prop up Jessica, which of course worked, yep. but it's hard to, but it's hard to come back from that. We've seen that with a lot of things. They do. It's not, it's not like the, in comic books and all, and all, and all media, it's easy to do. It's like you tear, you tear something down to try to, to try to help build up what you want. You can make a case even in the thorn run, they've they've done some of that. But the reality is then it's hard to kind of like, depending on who you tear down, it's hard to put the pieces back together again. So let me, I'll let you answer your one and then we'll just, we'll trade off on answering the question. Yeah. So what did Jade do? She cheated on Kyle. Who did Jade do? You mean? (laughs) Look, and I I think I, I need to be clear here. My dislike of Jade is more comical than it is serious. It, it, first of all, it's a, it's a, they're, they're fake characters. Like, you know, just, I, I, but without get, getting into my personal history, my first ever serious relationship, I got cheated on. So I have a, a, a bug up my ass about cheating more than your average person, just because it was my first, the cause of my first, uh, my first heartbreak. But outside of that, it's still comics and like, I don't know, man. I just really, I really liked, uh, I really liked Jade and Kyle together. I think they, they brought out the best in each other. Even when they were fighting as like, he didn't understand her and like, he wasn't letting her do his thing, her, her thing. And they were, you know, they had, they, they definitely had their issues as a couple. And I think, you know, I've read most of the Kyle run, but I know, you know, uh, you Mark experienced it more firsthand in terms of as it was coming out and stuff. So maybe you can speak to it better. It just, it felt like such a kick in the balls to have her cheat on him like that. Uh, especially when she grew up in the hero community and like her reason for cheating on him was like, well, you've been gone. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? He's, he's a green lantern. I think of anybody, you know what that means. 
your father may have been magic based and stuff, but I think he's close enough to where you and you're a hero in your own right. I think you know what a Green Lantern is and what their responsibilities are. Uh, so while yes, there's a bit of whatever there with me, it's 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 I fully admit my reasons for disliking Jade are more I'm butthurt, but she's a great character as opposed to Simon, where like he pisses me off and I don't think he's worth following up on because and and just to throw it in there because mark mentioned a couple things you know uh the the ring having uh kind of a a singular task but with two different directives uh uh, on it that's an interesting concept but also and and you you sort of hinted at it but my main reason for like not liking him is you kept telling us he's fucking special but you never told us why you never gave us at one point he healed somebody physically healed somebody with the ring and then at another point he saw the future with the ring two things nobody's really ever been able to do and by that guys like i'm not talking about like how soranic natu used the ring to construct machines to help heal people as a doctor i'm talking he used the light in his sheer willpower with his ring to heal somebody and, and that was supposedly had never been done according to what, what was it badge who was by his side or whatever had said that. I think so. Uh, and then the, the future thing, they, they kept giving us reasons. He's special. He's special. He's the only lantern who's ever been able to do that. And then they just fucking never followed up on it. And they never, they, you, you can't tell me a character is special and then do nothing to show me why. And we sort of have a third lever of that here. And it's up to Jeffrey Thorne or whoever the next creative team is to follow up on where Jeffrey Thorne left us with Simon sort of in charge of these elemental spiritual representations of the passed away lanterns. Like that moment we left him on in issue 12, like that's a yet another time you're, you've told me he's special. Show me why. Like, okay, great. Uh, I, and, and, and I, I fully freely admitted after we reviewed issue 12 that like, look, Hey, good on you. You made me curious about seeing more with Simon Baz, but that's just the thing. You have to fucking follow up on it. You have to make it, you have to tell me why it makes sense for him to be the one who'd be able to do this, make it make sense to me and explain to me why he's special. Don't just tell me he is so. Yeah, that's that's my thing with Jade. Uh, but the first question, uh, oh yeah, they, you know, wh- what did he do to get on? The, what did they do to get on respective websites? All right, it sh- uh, question two was we kind of think we. I just realized we kind of both I think did question two because I kind of answered question two I think too. Yeah. Um, so I think it's. Well, only- I mean, I didn't answer it for Jade. Okay. I don't know. I I don't. At this point, like, do I want to see Kyle? Like, first of all, I just would like to see Kyle. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like the the question of do we want to put Jade back together with Kyle is almost moot at this point because like it if it means more Kyle, give it to me. Um but do I think you know I, th- I think it's the end of the day. I don't I never bought into the Carol thing. They got close. They almost had me. Um, but they they did they never had me. And if I'm if I'm being honest, I kind of like it was Donna Troy, right? Yeah. If I'm being honest, I kind of like that, but the way that ended, the reasons it ended made sense. And I don't think so. If they're, if they're going to get Kyle with anybody, Sora would be cool, but I, I don't, I don't know how with where we left Sora and the whole thing, I don't know how that works. 
And I just think, I, I don't know. I don't know what they could do for Jade to, to fix it other than just make her straight up a likable character in whatever story you tell her. And like, I, I, at this point, I think we're more likely to see Jade opposite of Alan than anything. But, you know, I think right now, Alan is just this, this piece that they use. And if they're going to use Alan in a story, they're going to use Alan as the focal point, not obsidian and not Jade. Um, But if we got a chance to tell a a Jade-focused story outside of her father or outside of her familiar relationships, just to see her as a hero, see her as that that independent woman sort of... I mean, I I feel like we got that. Like, it it was such a juxtaposition, too, because, like... And I get it it in some way, because I I was never a reader of Spider-Man, but I guess that's why some people maybe like Mary Jane in some ways. And she's... She's the direct opposite of what you would assume she is on the surface, because Jade was a, a supermodel, right? At one point, I think so, but I'm yeah. not. I'm not as familiar with Jade's backstory. But she's also a hero. She's also fiercely independent. She's like you know all these things. So like, I don't know. Maybe a race history, or maybe I should just nut up and you know people make mistakes, whatever. Uh, or it was a multiverse thing and that was that wasn't this universe i i don't know that they could uh, and, and like i said my quote-unquote hatred of jade is just a more comical i'll never forgive the bitch sort of a thing as opposed to a genuine dislike i still enjoy seeing her in stories but in the back of my mind that but she cheated on kyle is always still there so let's see i'm, I'm assuming the same question about joe and kelly was just question question two yeah. That, so, so I don't know about Kelly. I mean, I actually was, I had no experience with Kelly. We we had the new, the new 52 introduction, excuse me, the future state and the green lantern, like the anniversary issue thing that it had Kelly stories in those, those two in, were my first two stories with Kelly. And I thought she was fine. Then you get, then you get to Kelly in in the thorn run and it's like, she's, now that may be more of a true representation of what she was like in in her previous uh, appearances, but I didn't like that, and it didn't really appeal to me. Uh, I certainly would have no desire to see her as a regular Green Lantern. Whether she gets the gauntlet back at some point, probably. But the reality is, I don't know what. I don't know. It's like I I was neutral on Kelly, then I got turned off, then I got turned off by Kelly, and then it's like I don't know. I guess they I guess they could try to wrap. Make you be sympathetic towards her background and why she's the way she is, kind of like how they did it with Jessica. I suppose that would be the about the only way I would say for Kelly and for Joe. It's not like I dislike Joe. It's just that it's it. I don't know. It's one of those things where I just don't know. Now that we moved away from Far Sector and, and Jemison writing her, I just don't know. It's going to be one of those things where maybe. You're never going to say never, but it may take a while for if there's somebody out there who can capture that voice or that essence of the character again, that make you like her, even if necessarily the story that she's in, you may not like, but you like you like her. So because I definitely like Far Sector Joe better than the Thorn version of Joe. So that's a that that might be it. But again, it's it's like sometimes people. This may not always work because some people sometimes people have a hard time grasping the essence of what makes the character 
unique or special. Now, I don't know if that would be the case with Joe, but we certainly know that was part of the reason why people kept writing Parallax horribly, as Daryl, you know, when Daryl kind of hit it, hit the nail on the head when he said the reason why that pretty much like, you know, Ron Mars was really good at being at why he was able to write Parallax in a way. And I think personally, Dan Jurgens was too, that, but that most nobody else is almost no one else was able to is because they keep everybody else kept forgetting that the essence of who Parallax is, is who Hal is. The essence of that character never changed. That you, you know, that what makes him tick didn't change. It's just that he was seeing things from a different perspective. But too many people just tried to write him as this typical bad guy and, and everything else. And that's why it just it didn't work. Same. So with Joe, so they may not be able to get the nuance that Jemison brought to the character. And then then she just kind of seems like two dimensional to me. Yeah, I agree. I just think that Thorne got some of Joe right, but a lot of it didn't feel sincere to me. And maybe because we had too many, too many, uh, too many eggs in the basket or whatever in terms of characters to focus on, we didn't have a chance to get the same nuance and you know, sort of internal monologue and stuff that we got in Far Sector. But when Joe shows up in Thorn's run and just immediately sort of confidently takes charge, that hit me as insincere because what we read in Far Sector was a woman who didn't know what she was doing there, didn't know what her didn't know what she was doing, was in a completely alien environment. She was off kilter and uncomfortable, but when she got put in situations where she had to own her role and like, you know, be a part of the council and push people and get answers on things and stuff like that, she would play the badass. But all the while, like, oh my God, I'm really standing up to these people. You know, like that sort of a thing. Like she, she'd, she'd play a part, but she, she, it wasn't who it was. It didn't come naturally to her. And so for her to just jump in and take charge felt insincere. And then you sort of forgive it for that. Because like I said, you don't have the chance to get her in a inner monologue in a story that, you know, has so many different focus points. But on the flip side, I feel like if I were to read Thorne's run, Thus far, the 12 issues in a, in a single trade paperback, no ads, no, no breaks, no nothing. The, the Joe that we got in like issue 11 and 12 just felt different than the other, the, the Joe that we got in the other. And maybe I'm crazy. Um, we talked a bit about that last episode, too. And I think I got some agreement from you guys on that, too. It just felt weird and off. So honestly, what could we do with Joe? Give her back to N.K. Jemison for Far Sector Part 2. Or something. Flesh, let's flesh her out some more. Let's let's get definitive with this. Uh, you created like in in an, an environment where even Lantern fans are like, why the f- do we need another gr- human Green Lantern? You gave us a story, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, at the end of the day, like, yeah, sure. I I fully admit, I was one of the people going, really, An- another one. But the art was badass. Killed every issue. And sure, there were moments here and there in Far Sector. I was like, eh, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I came away loving that story. That was great. I really enjoyed that. And uh, I'm glad we got it. So, like, I feel like not only did you introduce a new character, you made me like her. Uh, so you've got a handle on it. Let's let's keep going. As far as Kelly goes, honestly, I think Kelly, the things that bug me about Kelly are generational, not necessarily 
anything else. She's a teen. She's a bratty little know-it-all. Like she's, she's at the end of the day, Kelly isn't a character designed for me, 35 year old Chad Bokelman, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to particularly uh, gravitate towards the, you know, the bratty teen, the, you know, whatever, whatever it is they're doing with her. It's, it's, it's not for me. And I don't know that it should be, I don't know that it was designed to be. Um, So maybe keep her in her own lane sort of uh, with occasional guest appearances. Um, Cause we do that sometimes. Like, I mean, right. We, we, I'm, I'm sort of thinking, I'm sort of thinking of Kelly, let her do a young justice thing or be part of a young, cause we are, we're getting young justice back in some capacity, I believe in comic form. So let her do that. Let her have mentors. Like, and I'm thinking of like, you know, obviously I don't care as much about Kelly as I do Kyle, but like Alan was to, to Kyle and his ongoing title, you know, show up occasionally for guidance and stuff, have Hal or whoever Kelly connects with Simon, I guess is supposed to be the one she connects with show up in her, her scenes or whatever to, to mentor her. And sometimes when there's a big lantern thing going on, Kelly can be, you know, an ace in the hole with her gauntlet things as it runs on different energy or, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I just don't, I don't think she belongs in, in, in the big book at, at this point, because I don't know that what she offers by way of perspective is anything that would appeal to people currently reading that title, but I could be wrong. I hear you. All right. Thomas's. Yeah, let's do Thomas's and let's do Corey and let's use that as the cutoff point. All right. Thomas says, Hey, Chad and Mark, I really enjoyed episode 473. Mark, I really enjoyed your passion for the Micronauts, even though I had no idea what you were talking about. Ha ha. Uh, I have a question for you. Uh, what do you guys do with your collectibles? I got a large collection of Funko Pops that I've been debating how to display. I'm not usually one to take things out of the box, but if I'm never planning to part with them, I don't know if it's necessary to keep them all in the box. Thoughts or opinions? Keep up the good work. And then he asked for the link to the Discord. And we said no. <laughs> <laughs> there is no universal answer for how to display stuff. It depends. Again, I think it depends on your personal preference. We, as Chad will, will chime in, he re- there's very little that Chad's going to open. But certainly when it comes to Funko Popness, I mean, that's pretty much a given that it's not coming out of the box unless he's going to order like a duplicate just for that purpose. But for me, it's hit or miss. It all depends. I mean, some things I'd like to have out of their box. I think pro- I think there's a if I look at all the collectibles that I have, I would say it's probably I don't know if it's a 50 50 split, but I, I it would be closer than probably in a lot of people's collections of stuff that I have outside the box versus stuff that I have in the box. As I'm looking at everything on my top of my desk here. I mean, all my all my Green Lantern busts and and all the Eagle Moss statues and all that stuff that. Yeah, I have a I have a tremendous amount of stuff that's outside of the box. And but I also I do like having like shelves with pops in particular in their boxes. So, and there's no, it's not like a, there's a rhyme or reason always to what I, what I open. I mean, sometimes I just like, sometimes you get a pop. I mean, for me, I can only speak for me that I get a pop that I, in the moment, it seems like it's a cool idea. And then like you, 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 you kind of regret it, not necessarily immediately, but it's like, wow, did I really need to do that? Did I really need to get Nebula from Endgame? I mean, I like Nebula in, and the suit is cool, but did I really need to get Nebula from Endgame? Probably not. 
but yeah, I think it's hit. It, it's personal preference. It, it, I think just in general, but I, but I think it's uh, at least it gives you an ace in the hole if you ever, if, even if there's a chance, even if you're not planning on it, but you need to get rid of some of this stuff or move it. Clearly, it's in better. You're in better shape to do that if it's still in this box. Yeah, um, I have looking at my app, which is not updated, but I have about 200 Funkos, which needs to be updated because some a good portion of them are in a box that I'm not going to collect that line or display them or whatever anymore. But in front of me, I've my uh, one bedroom apartment. I've you know it's just me. I don't need a dining room. Uh, I sort of feel like unless you have a family, dining rooms are sort of obsolete at this point. <clears throat> so I turned my dining room into my work from home section. And in front of me, where I'm recording right now, this this desk is what I use obviously for podcasting, but also for my work from home setup. And in front of me, I've painted this wall black. <clears throat> and uh, IKEA offers uh, wall mounted shelves called Mosslanda. M O S S. L-A-N-D-A. And there are two different links for Mosslanda. I have two of the longer ones mounted in front of me. And I have all of my symbiote-related Funkos on that. And the reason I specifically name the type of shelf and where it's from is because the width of this shelf perfectly fits a regular size Funko in the box. It is, it is a it is a nice easy fit it's not snug but it's it's definitely just right and i just stack my funkos on top of each other and the top shelf is uh, is 10 across and six high and the bottom shelf is four high um and it's it's it looks fantastic honestly the way i have them displayed and mark you've seen photos of it um you know as long as you're you're organizing, you're keeping up with it and stuff like that. It, it looks pretty damn cool, especially when you have a collection as big as this. My action figures, for the most part, yes, I keep them in the box and I just put a little, you know, thumbtack in the wall and, and hang them like a peg or whatever. But I think they just look cool like that because at the end of the day, I like a lot of these action figures and I would love to put them on, on display, but I don't have anywhere to display them. I have one five foot tall glass display case also from Ikea. And only so much fits in there. And I started thinking, yes, I could take out all these action figures and get more of these um, five-foot glass display cases. But, guys, I don't have a home. I have an apartment, and I've moved apartments quite a few times. You know what a pain in the ass it is to move these glass display cases? I stuff them full of, like, pillows and blankets and then wrap them in blankets. And even then, people have sometimes trouble just moving the one. Uh, so I just decided let's screw it and I'll keep everything in boxes and Hey, they look fine in the boxes anyway. Um, eventually that'll become a problem, I'm sure. And I'll just start rotating out, you know, putting some in storage and putting some on the wall and stuff. Cause again, I'm only going to have so much space. The reason I keep my Funkos in the box, first of all, again, easier to display because they're in the box and I can stack them, which I would not be able to do if they were out of the box. The other thing is I sort of look at them like investments. Like I would, you know, uh, any like comic books or whatever that I bought that I would have CGC slabbed or something like that, or the stuff I've been buying off of eBay recently, which I've been talking about on the show is do I plan to sell them? Am I buying them with the intent to sell them? No, but 
if I have it in the box, chances are it's going to be more valuable later on if I did need to sell them. So it's it's really up to you. You know, if you really truly plan on never getting rid of these, then yeah, bust them out. They look cool as hell, um, especially the newer Funkos. The original designs were all stocky and, you know, they all look the same or whatever, but they've gotten really damn intricate with these designs. So hell yeah, put them on display uh, if that's what you want to do. But personally, with the amount that I have, it's just easier to keep them in the box because I can stack them. Yeah, I agree. And you, yeah, like I said, you've seen the photos. They look pretty cool. Yeah, they do. No doubt about that. All right. All righty then. So let's do, we're going to do Corey's. Corey says, I listened to episode 473 and the comic book subscription talk stirred up old memories. I had a subscription to some Marvel titles in the early to mid 90s. The books came fairly close to their release dates. I remember buying Amazing Spider-Man 347 at my comic shop, forgetting that my subscription to Amazing Spider-Man was about to start. Within a day or two of it hitting the stands, 347 showed up in my mailbox. So I have two copies of that now. Mark's recollection of how his subscription books came sounds way better than how they showed up for me. Mine came in cheap poly bags with a flimsy insert. I found and attached a couple of eBay pictures of some Marvel books still in their poly bags to show you how these books came. The insert was nowhere near as thick as a comic book board, so it wasn't much use. And I had plenty of books show up partially opened. A few delivered books had partially torn covers, too. Not sure how the subscriptions get mailed today. Hopefully it's better than the craptastic way they used to do it. As for you guys, keep up the great work. It is interesting looking at the uh, looking at the pictures of how he how Marvel mailed out their stuff because that's definitely not yeah that's definitely not how I got mine. Uh, I guess there'd be pros and cons with the poly bags. You would think at least like keeping them dry, the poly bags would be would be much better than just in a just in a brown wrapper. Or just like some magazines that even today just get mailed without poly bags that you always have to worry if it's raining or you get bad weather that, you know, the covers of the back pages at least can be wet and dry and get all crispy and things like that. Yeah, that looks like a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, at least at least to a modern collector. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure oh, yeah. as a kid, you didn't give a shit. Yeah. Subscriptions. Yeah, I don't I don't. Yeah, that that would be the ne- that would be the negative. I mean, even looking back at how mine came, I mean, it's. I know they pushed the whole mail flat thing on purpose. So you wouldn't have them rolled up or they wouldn't have a lot of creasing and things in them, but that's still, but if the sleeve, you know, but if the sleeve got ripped or again, even if the sleeve got, you know, the sleeve was only like, you know, brown paper, that brown mailing or wrapping paper that you put on packages essentially. So if it, if it got wet, if it really got wet, it probably would have could have probably could have soaked through. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you, you would think, subscriptions would work better even if you're just ordering them for someplace like dcbs and they're you know and they're shipping to you shipping them to you boarded bagged and boarded and in a box and things like that that yeah you would think they've made a lot of improvements since uh since my day let alone or his day let alone my day yeah i can't unfortunately i can't really chime in otherwise to say that i mean that's interesting because yeah i don't you don't you don't hear a lot i guess I guess because it's so it's, you know, in a way it's like going to get groceries or something like it's so mundane that you don't really think of it in terms of locking in a memory. 
by that it's just like it was just a subscription it came x amount of times every month or whatever um whereas like going to a spinner rack at a gas station or the pharmacy or whatever like there's a there's a sense of discovery of oh they may not have the latest issue of whatever what do they have like there's there's memory associated to that and maybe that's why a lot of people don't talk about yeah i actually did have a subscription like because even you when we were talking about that episode you would talk about you you initially had spoken about like going to the pharmacy and stuff and it wasn't until i mentioned it later on that you were like yeah i had a subscription <laughs> yeah because you made the point you made the point of trying it's a, a logical the point was you know, the tangent of the point was logical about the idea that most people that's how most people like you know remember or they talk about getting their books they don't talk about getting their books primarily through subscription that's right. why i just mentioned that well i did i did too but it was but it was not in the early stages of my comic book collecting when i was a kid and it's not the same. I mean, it's nice having the reliability of knowing that unless something gets lost, you're going to get it. There's no, which is better than going to on one on that level. It's better than going to the pharmacies because because you're in the bookstores because you're not guaranteed. You were never guaranteed they were going to have the same issue or you were going to get there in time or you you just didn't know. You assumed if it was a popular title like you know Spider-Man or, or you know you on one if you made enough stops, you probably would find it on their rack but you didn't know that. So that's why you end up, that's why you, you there were always going to be some issues that you missed. Yeah. I'm going to have to start collecting some old school venom because he talked about amazing Spider-Man 347. I fucking love that cover. The, do you remember which one that one is? Not off the top of my head. It's a, uh, it's venom doing the whole Hamlet thing with uh, Spidey's skull. Yeah. I don't think that I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't have that one because I I'm, I would think my sub, yeah, I don't, I don't have that one. My subscript, my subscription. That's a, that's a quickly recognizable one. I'm gonna have to yeah. get that comic in a pretty good condition or something because I really don't have a lot of early Venom, you know, because it's one of those things like I would like to collect it, but Amazing Spider-Man 300 is just bonkers, insane. That there's almost no way I'm gonna own a copy anytime soon unless I find a hell of a deal. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's like why why start the collecting project if I know it's going to be a pain in the ass to get that one specific one that would just make the collection. <laughs> that's true. That, that's a that's a good point. Uh, all right, uh, I guess we're going to save the rest for another time, huh? Yeah, let's do that because there's there's enough to whether it's next week or not. There's enough for us to pick up on, and then we can still not tighten tighten the noose a little bit too much so we don't get to talk about you know some of the other things we want to. Speaking of which, I was going to say that this is a natural segue to the, to the subscription thing. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned like a few weeks ago about the my Entertainment Weekly subscription ending and without getting any kind of notification or any kind of offer. Well, I, I needed to point out for the record that at the end of last week, I did get a postcard in the mail saying that I did have the option of either getting my Whatever much, however much money money was left, which be must be really small based on how little my I paid for that subscription, or they were going to roll over the amount of issues I had to people. So I just wanted to say for the so for the sake of clarity, even though yes, they should have done it in the poly bag with that final Obi One issue of Entertainment Weekly, it would have been nice to have known before the whole everybody online was talking about how Entertainment Weekly was as a published magazine was kaput and was just going to exist online. It would have been nice to have known that it before all that broke, but I just needed to point, wanted to point out on, on one of my list, 
I'm on my short list of talk about that. Yes, they at least did make an effort to make that right. So I don't want to, I don't want to be a, only tell half the story there. <laughs> and speaking of collecting, I did get a mail call not too long ago. Um, I've been saying over and over and over again ad nauseum to the point where it's probably annoying some of you to pay attention to eBay. And I told you that with an example of uh, probably the, the biggest example I had at the time was, was a Green Lantern 19. Is that the number? Uh, first appearance of Silver Age Star Sapphire, Carol Ferris. Key, key, key comic I got for like 90 something bucks, right? Well, I topped it the other day, guys. And let me tell you yet again what I do at least twice a week. I, I don't really have it on a schedule, but it just seems to shake out that way. I will go on my eBay app. I will search Green Lantern. I will sort by ending soonest. And I will watch. There's a feature called watch. I will watch every single item that I find interesting. That's a good price. If it ends up getting bid on before I can bid on it, guess what? It's out of my, it's out of my place. But the benefit of watching something early is if there are no bids on it and it gets reposted later, I get a notification. And I usually scroll about three days out or so. Well, I saw a very interesting post of a bunch of Silver Age issues, one of which was Green Lantern number two. It was going for $100. And at the time, it had zero bids. I said to myself, there's absolutely no way it's going to go for $100. But I watched it anyways. And lo and behold, when it came time for the auction to end, nobody bid on it except one person in the final 30 seconds. I put in my bid, the max amount I was willing to bid, and I won. I got Green Lantern number two for $107.50, not including taxes and shipping. It is an intact comic book, as in no pages are missing. The pages aren't falling off the staple, nor are there any interior pieces cut out like my Green Lantern 19. But that cutout doesn't affect the story or anything. The cover, it's not the best, but it's it's intact. And for the price and everything else, it's a beautiful looking cover. There is a stamp on it of maybe, I don't know, it's, it's smudged. So maybe it's like a school stamp or something. It's, there's a stamp on the cover, but it's faint. Guys, Green Lantern first appeared in Showcase 22 and was published in 20, Showcase 23 and 24, then got his own series with issue number one. Basically, I have the fifth ever appearance of Hal Jordan for 100 bucks, $107.50, whatever. You can, if, if that's a lot of money to you, I'm sorry or whatever, but uh, let's be honest. 100 bucks for Green Lantern number two? This is, by the way, guys, if you're playing along at home and you're driving or something, you don't, can't, can't Google. This is the cover, The Secret of the Golden Thunderbolts, where the thunder of Quart is standing on that mountain peak throwing lightning at Hal. This is the first appearance of the Quartians. This is also the first appearance of Tom Kalmaku. I have a major Green Lantern key for $100. I don't know how many more examples I can give you right now to tell you to when I say pay attention to eBay, pay attention to fucking eBay. Because I was sure, absolutely positive, 
this was not going to go for a hundred bucks, but I watched it anyways and I won the auction. So if you want to see a photo of it, I posted a photo on a Twitter, uh, on a tweet from our Twitter account. I also have it in our discord. So that's more of an excuse for you to join our discord. Also speaking to our last conversation, after we're done here, I will take a photo of what I call my nerd nook. So you, when I was talking about my Funkos stacked up on a shelf, I'll post it in there as well. So more incentive to see things, join our Discord. Um, but yeah, you saw the photo of the, the issue I got, huh? Yes, I did. I don't know. I don't know what you can add to that, but like that's that's a, a fantastic deal. And I even had people who post on Twitter regularly about like the purpose of their Twitter account is to brag about how cheap they got key issues of things. I even had somebody reply and go, that's a fantastic deal. <laughs> and it is, I mean, considering, I mean, even, I mean, yeah, when you put it in perspective of the number of appearances, of limited, extremely limited number of appearances, how Jordan had before that issue. And just the fact that, Hey, it's number, it's number two of a what a silver age title. Yep. That is, that's super relevant. It'd be super relevant even even if this wasn't the Lantern cast, it would be super relevant. But the fact that it is, obviously, it's uh, you know, it, it it would be like the essentially the equivalent of getting like Amazing Spider-Man number two. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like that's that would be. It's very very important. Is it icon as iconic as the first issue? No, nothing is. I mean, but the but it's still extremely important. It's extremely valuable. If you're looking at the collection, yeah, you want to you want to have those early issues. You want to have the first issue with Sinestro. You want to have a, you want to have a lot of things like that. So to, to be able to get that, you know, certainly arguably the second most important, second most valuable, you know, Green Lantern issue, not counting, you know, and since he got his own book, that yeah, I mean that's kind of hard to. Uh, it's kind of hard not to say that's an amazing deal. Yeah. So this is, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably, if I get other fantastic deals, I'm sure I'll come and brag about them on the show. Um, or at least in the literal channel called collection brags in our discord. But, uh, I don't know that. I don't know how fast I'm going to be able to top this because my other key that I'm searching for green lantern number 76, which is the first green lantern, green arrow, the one where green arrow shooting, a arrow at the battery saying never again or whatever i'm i've not been able to get my hands on that so i i finally my my local comic shop is great at finding keys so uh i put them on the hunt i said i am willing to spend up to x amount of dollars and no more here's what i'm looking for you know intact comic book decent cover like you know if we're talking cgc it's like a cgc5 cgc6 something like that doesn't have to be perfect i'm not looking for you know whatever like i'm not going to flip this thing it's it's mine I, I want it for the collection because i have every other issue um of that series and it means a lot to me so i put them on the hunt for that but like that's not going to be like a hell of a deal type of thing that's going to be i'm only willing to spend this much and no more and if you guys find it, you find it, and then I'll shell it out. But this was the, it's one of those unexpected deals that just falls right into your lap. And uh, I, I had to tell everybody that I'm not fooling when I say pay attention to eBay. And here's yet again, more proof. So, all right. What nice. else are we talking about? Let's see. Um, I'm not sure where to go. I have a few small things. This I'm going to go with this just because it's kind of unique and because of the fact that it's it's a little more topical 
just because the fa- the fact that Netflix losing the what two hundred thousand subscribers and the stock dropping like a rock kind of like brought this back to my attention that I remember reading about this. I should I don't have the article in front of me. I should I should look should have looked for it. But there was this article or research done like supposedly several months ago regarding Netflix and the the gist of it. And I re- I forget if it was thirty days or forty five days. It doesn't really change the basic point though. That supposedly research indicated that within 30 to 45 days of original content hitting Netflix, that 75% of everybody who's ever going to watch it will have already watched it. And the reason why that struck me as interesting is because it, it seems to be that seems to be something Netflix will use or has used to justify why they have to have more and more and more and more and more original content. When to me, when to me, it's in a way, it's an example of how you can look at you could look at data and interpret it in completely different ways. Because for me, I think the reason why that is true or why it could be true is because they have so much original content. Number one, that, that if you, if you don't get it while it's hot, then something else is going to come on and you're going to forget all about stuff. Like it's like red notice. You know, I've never watched now Ryan partially because of the Ryan Reynolds factor. I have yet to watch Red Notice on Netflix, but I was definitely interested in that movie. And now it's like, it's almost like an afterthought. I get reminded of it once in a while that it's in my list, but there's so many other things that, oh, you forget all, all about it. And when it comes to TV shows on Netflix, it makes perfect sense that things, people are going to watch your shows or your seasons immediately because you dump all your episodes at once. And I know some people moan and bitch, but other platforms don't do that. But Netflix would probably, in my opinion, Netflix would be would actually be saving a lot more money if they would just do that. Because all you have to do is look at the difference between. So if you're looking at the difference between or the benefit of or not benefit of dropping all your episodes of a TV show at once, all you have to do is look at the difference between Cobra Kai season four and the book of Boba Fett. I don't think there'd be very few people that would argue that the book of Boba Fett was a better show or was more enjoyable than Cobra Kai. Which show did people talk about longer? And had greater legs on that level. It was the book of Boba Fett because they released one episode at a time starting in the final week of December. So you had you had almost two months of people talking about that show, even though it didn't turn out to be a great show. People loved Cobra Kai, but they dropped that, I think, on the New Year's Eve day. I think they is when they dropped this one, I believe. So I think like three o'clock in the morning Eastern on New Year's Eve day. I think that's when they dumped the last season. So that that had what maybe like two weeks when people were talking about it when it was like an in thing, and then it fades away because again you're having new programming that gets dumped all the time. Plus, people have already watched it, and it's like okay, now what? So I I I, I so I thought that that pulling data that that research data was interesting just because yes, you can spin it to say that's why we have to keep spending so much money on original content when it's like well. You need original content, but if you spaced out your original content more and didn't have so much stuff come on one after another after another, then some of your things wouldn't get swallowed up as much. And I certainly think TV show wise, I think that's what happens. So that was just something that something that hit me before I almost wanted to talk about. But again, because of the current thing going on with with and Netflix cracking down on borrowed passwords and everything, I thought it was worth chiming in on. Yeah, maybe. I just, uh, I don't know. Um, at this point, we just, we we have too many streaming services and something's got to give soon. Um, because... and, too much, and too much original content, honestly. Yeah. It's just too, I mean, H, I mean, it's like HBO Max is like overcompensating. They had like, they had Jack when they started. 
you know, they had they what the uh, whatever the hell the Kitty Cuoco show, the flight attendant. They had yeah. that, and that was about it when, when we got our subscription. And now, which I was curious about, but I still haven't seen. Yeah, it. I still haven't either. But they have, but almost like every single week, they're like putting on a, an, another another show. And I understand some of the stuff is also it's on HBO. Some of these things are probably HBO things, not just HBO Max things. I understand that, but there's a lot of HBO Max exclusives, and it's just like, yeah, it's just so that's what happens. I mean, stuff gets it gets swallowed up, and then you completely then you completely forget that it's there. Yeah, I mean, this isn't me uh, encouraging or endorsing it, but uh, I'm not at all surprised that pirating is back. Uh, is it uh, is it time? Is it time for another rant? Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention the topic. I'm going to explain to the listener what it is. And then, Mark, you chime in with your thoughts. For those of you who don't know, last year, DC Comics started a thing called the DC Comics Round Robin. And what they did is they gave you a bunch of titles and it was like 16 titles and they gave you like a March Madness sort of bracket and they set up social media polls and you could vote across their DC universe login, uh, the Instagram account or Twitter. And they would compile those votes and whichever one won the bracket moved on to the next round. Last year, it got down to a title and the winner was a Robin's book. Shocker, shocker. This year, we are currently in the final four. And the final four is Superboy, the man of tomorrow, Suicide Squad, Dark, Constantine and the Demon, Vacation from Hell, and Green Lantern, The Light at the End of Forever. Because of last year, uh, it seems as if the way these things go is Instagram gets a whole lot more of the votes uh, and accounts for a larger chunk than most anything else. So it's essentially safe to say that so, you know, so go with Instagram, so go with the poll. Right now, this specific second, Superboy leads Green Lantern 53 to 47. And the, uh, or sorry, uh, 50, 54 to 46. Uh, and Suicide Squad Dark leads Constantine and Demon 55 to 45. I've got stuff I want to say about this whole concept to begin with, but Mark, what do you think of uh, the return of Round Robin slash the concept of Round Robin? Well, the concept is great. Any, it, it's hard not to like any NCAA style bracket, anything. Almost, it's it, it, the nature of it is just it's highly pleasing on many levels. So conceptually, I, we liked it. There weren't as I mean, I like it. I think it's a good idea for most people. There certainly weren't as many Batman titles being pushed this time around, which was a plus. As I'm sure you'll mention, there were several Green Lantern esque titles that were in contention here, things that were related to Green Lantern concepts. And I guess on one level, we should be happy there's a Green Lantern book that made it to the final four, even though it's probably the least interesting of the four books based on description. And it's essentially almost like a, it's, it echoes a little bit too much the kind of Green Lantern book we're getting now. But but I was, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that the other Lantern books, especially the one that dealt with but Kid Flash, right, and Parallax and and the Sinestro Corps. And that that's the one to me that sounded really, really, really interesting. 
And so I'm, I'm disappointed certainly in how the results have played out. So there's really no point in talking about the original ones um, from last year's round Robin. This year's round Robin had black canary when canaries cry green lantern light at the end of forever ghost tour from hell. That's a DC horror title animal man, the metamorphosis green lantern, the birth of conspiracy Captain Carrot, uh, and I can't really read that, something, something, dark side, Superboy, the man of tomorrow, Cyborg, Cyber Gods, Hawkman and Hawkwoman, the Changeling, Wildcat, Nine Lives, The Questions, Grand Solution, Constantine and the Demon, Vacation from Hell, Suicide Squad, Dark, Justice League, Redacted, Firestorm, Fourth World Problems, and Kid Flash, The Speed of Fear. Being pessimistic about how things shook out last year, I called the final two of this year's round from the very beginning, Suicide Squad Dark and Superboy the Man of Tomorrow. And looking at those percentages I just read you a few seconds ago, it looks like those are going to be our final two. Something could sneak by. I don't know. I am done with the DC round robin. I'm never going to mention it. I'm never going to retweet it i'm never going to campaign for it i'm never touching dc round robin ever again the only way in which i will touch it is should a green lantern concept win but that's only because we cover on this show anything currently being published that mainly features green lantern for the most part at that point obviously should a green lantern anything win it's being published we're going to talk about it in the meantime I don't care about round robin anymore. As a matter of fact, I'm adamantly against it from now on. And this is not because Green Lantern tends to not win. This is because I'm really fucking sick of them putting Bat books and Super Bo- Superman books and Wonder Woman books in these things. We have enough Bat titles. We have enough Superman titles. We have enough Wonder Woman titles. Well, maybe not enough. Right now they're doing a big event. So right now it seems like it. So forgive me for that slip of the tongue. But concepts like Hawkman and Hawkwoman, Wildcat, Questions, Constantine and the Demon, Firestorm, Kid Flash, Cyborg, Captain Carrot, Animal Man, Black Canary, those characters don't have books right now. And it's absolutely asinine to even put something mainly featuring a Bats or Soups character up against any of these others saying, oh, there's a chance it'll win. It's up to the fans. No. You're posting this shit on social media, and it's been very clear since the last time we did this that so goes Instagram, so goes this poll. A lot of people just happen to follow DC, and when something pops up in their timeline and they're going to vote on it, guess what? If the general public doesn't know what the fuck Animal Man is, they're going to go, oh, Suicide Squad, I know what that is. Or if they dig a little deeper, they'll know that Suicide Squad Dark, the main character, is a vampire Batman. These things are going to win by default because of name recognition only. Look, making my point, I would just say let's leave out Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. We could go a step further and say leave out Flash and Green Lantern. As an entirety of the DC Universe fan who enjoys the small corners of the DCU, Look, would I want Green Lantern to win? Absolutely. He's one of my favorite characters. But I'd be fine with leaving Green Lantern out of this as as well as Flash to have the rest of the DCU given a fucking chance. 
I'm done. I'm, it, it makes no sense to put something like Wildcat Nine Lives against Suicide Squad Dark when one of those things has way more name recognition to the general public than the other. If you want to sincerely give some of these creative teams, some of these concepts, some of these characters a chance, let's stop including things that are basically going to win from the moment we see them. Because out of all the stuff we got last year, there was an Etta Candy book. There was an Ambush Bug book. There was a Zatanna book. There was a Creeper book. There was a... Uh, a Swamp Thing, a Blue Beetle, a Jesse Quick. Like, there was so many cool concepts out there. And guess what won? Robins. Because we don't have enough Bat Family fucking books. You said you like the bracket concept. That's all well and good. Like I've said before on the show, people can be fans of something. I'm not going to hate on you if you like the concept out there, guys. If you want to continue to campaign for it, I'm just saying we are set for failure as fans of the rest of the DC universe going into these things. When you have a title like Superboy and a title like Suicide Squad Dark against something nobody's ever heard of in terms of the general public, like Captain Carrot and Wildcat, there's an inherent bias to this thing, and I'm fucking sick of it. If the goal is to showcase more of the DC universe, if the goal is to get more stuff in front of people, I don't know. My rants tend to go off to the point where I end up repeating myself and uh, our, our episodes with my rants tend to go long. So I'll cut myself off there. I think I've made my point. I'm just, I'm done. We are, we are set up for failure going into these things. Now I will say I looking a bit deeper into these things, Superboy is actually relatively interesting because it's actually the OG Superboy, as in Connor Kent. And we haven't seen that in a long time. We haven't seen him in a long time. And I, I, I think that would be fun. I think that because John Kent is now in the spotlight, I think seeing Connor would be cool. Yes, I will admit that. But inherently speaking, Superboy on a bracket against Cyborg cyber gods which of those do you think is going to win same with suicide squad suicide squad dark featuring vampire batman versus kid flash the speed of fear which do you think is going to win it really sucks that we're setting these things up for failure from word go and i'm just fucking done in participating in the shit fest that is dc round robin i can understand why you would be disgruntled about that and i do agree that while I don't necessarily, I don't think this bracket was as completely stacked in favor of the inevitable outcome, let's say as last year's was when they were when they were a little, there were more obscure titles at least, but with in the big families this this time around. And again, they steered away from they steered away from Batman, which was a which was a victory unto itself. But I can I can certainly see everything that you're saying. I must. I don't. I was gonna say I don't think I I can't see. I don't think anybody or I can't see anybody. And obviously that's not true because people are actually voting for these titles. But my initial idea was yeah, it's hard. It's hard to imagine that many people really are going to be that enthusiastic about you know the uh, final two of as you as you said or as you had predicted ahead of time, and that's the way it shapes up. Yeah, I mean, it does. It's it's it would be different 
it would be different if you got to a certain vote threshold that your project's still going to be made, or there's, there's going to be like an anthology of some of these into like stories. Or exactly, somebody, and I don't know if it was our disc. I don't mean to interrupt. I don't know if it was a Discord or a Twitter reply. Somebody mentioned bringing back Wednesday comics for some of these things that don't get published, and I'm fucking all for that. You remember Wednesday comics? Yes, I do actually. God, that was a great in the freaking hardcover that oversized coffee table book. I love that thing. I would love that. And remember, DC made an omnibus, a fucking omnibus that collected every number one when the new 52 came out. Like there's no coherent, you know, coherent stories between all of them. It's just a collection of number ones. Why can't we just one ongoing series as a result of this, the rest in a series of trades or a omnibus of some kind? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, keep going. No, but I... I didn't have all that much more, really. So, yeah, I think unless unless you were going to do something like like everything that made it to the final four, at least we're definitely going to be we're going to get get made one way in some way, shape or form. Um, or, or maybe. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure of how they how they would work. But, yeah, I, I, I just think that there's a lot a lot of these projects are are interesting some of them aren't but we would like like to see them or the the character pairings like last year when what kyle and kilowog they paired yeah. together that, that was that, uh green lantern underworld on fire yes that that would on some level that would be cool but you certainly can understand why that would die in the vine wither and die in the vine but yeah i don't know it's it, it's it's clever but yes when the, when the results turn out to be predictable over and over and over again then yeah what, what what's the real point then yeah, I mean, of the of the ones left, like I said, Connor Kemp could be interesting. The Green Lantern Light at the End of Forever title, that was my least interesting Green Lantern one out of the ones that we, the three we got. Green Lantern, The Birth of Conspiracy, Kid Flash, The Speed of Fear, and this one. I'm not a fan of the art on that one either. Uh, honestly, Constantine and the Demon is the one that I'm most excited for out of these four, uh, despite being a Green Lantern fan. Because the art looks cool and it's called Vacation from Hell. So, you know, you're about to get like a kind of comedic Constantine and the demon team up sort of thing. Kind of like you were hoping for your uh, St. Walker and Atrocitus road tripping across the U.S. sort of thing. Arkillo. Uh, Arkillo, sorry. Yeah, I mean, and the art looks cool and all that. But like, you know, for the people on Twitter who thought I was pissed about this because Green Yantrin's not winning. uh, No, I literally said a minute ago. In addition to leaving out Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman on any of these, let's make it the big five to give the rest of the DC universe a chance. Yes, we have the Lantern cast. Would I like to see Green Lantern and stuff win? Of course I would. But I am more than willing to give up Green Lantern or Flash being in these brackets, or the Green Lantern family or Flash family being in these brackets, if it meant we didn't get another Soups title or another Batman title. I, I mean, at the end of the day, even if it wasn't a concept that I personally was interested in or art that I was interested in, do you know how crazy cool it would be just for a fan of the DC universe as a whole to see that of 16 titles, something like wildcat nine lives one. I mean, come on that. We got another corner of the DC universe. We haven't seen in a while, honestly, if you want me to be buying the book that wins these stupid brackets, it needs to be 
I haven't seen this character in a while. What have they been up to? I would buy every single one of those books. Would I buy them ongoing? Depends on the creative team. Depends on the art, just like fucking everything else. But I will absolutely give number one a try. Haven't seen Dinah in a while. What's Dinah up to? Haven't seen Animal Man in a while. What's he up to? Haven't messed with the zoo crew in a while. We saw Captain Carrot over there in that thing, but he's just sort of, what's up? What's with the rest of the zoo crew? What's going on over there? I mean, come on. I would absolutely buy that stuff up in a minute. I'm just sick of the predictability of this at this point, and it seems stacked against everything else, and really there's no point because at this point we've uh, we've already had one of these. We've we've seen the way it goes, and it's already looking like a repeat of last year. So what's the point? And end of rant. I will finish this glass of whiskey. <laughs> oh, my. All right, so let's let me tackle the last two things on my list. Uh, one will be quick. Did you see the trailer for everything, everywhere, all, all at once? Because like, for some reason, I think that they were at least for, around here. I thought they were on Doctor Strange. Is that the? I mean, if I'm going on Spider Man, what? Is that the multiverse movie? Yes, yes, Michelle Yao, multiverse movie. Uh, yes, I've seen I've seen the trailer. And it intrigued me. I haven't seen it yet. Yes, the movie I would recommend seeing that. I I saw that last week. It was it's weird, as you as the trailers would make it. I mean, if you saw the trailers, you would suspect that it's weird. Uh, but I've, it heard, is, I've heard great things. Yeah, uh, but I, I haven't seen it yet. I think it's honestly it's going to be one of those things. Once it hits voodoo, then I'll I'll buy it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I definitely would recommend seeing that. That was it was very 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 in, enjoyable. Um, so that was that's quick and so maybe we should i'm not sure what else is on your list but let's at least my wrap up is thor should we just talk no. briefly about the thor trailer <laughs> go, go for it i don't i don't have anything else i just wanted to get off the well first i mean i absolutely that was a huge pickup on ebay so i had to talk about oh that. yeah yeah and, I, uh, yeah i just and, didn't know uh, if you this, had one this round robin stuff uh it's just it's pissing me off so i had to i had to let that off my shoulders and I am done. So what did you think about Thor? I'm down. Um, Taika Waititi vibe holding strong from Ragnarok. Um, another great musical choice <laughs> going into this. It's uh, it's interesting that uh, that moment where Thor, is he, is he planting Stormbreaker? At least some, like yeah, plant, so li- like you would plant a section of Groot to grow Groot, yeah, or like a almost like a like a like putting a cross in the ground kind of thing. They could it could go either way. There could be a higher purpose to him sticking the sticking Groots because because the handle obviously is part of Groot or was part of Groot. But why he's actually doing it, whether it's just symbolic, like always oh, putting down his putting down his weapon, basically that. Yeah, uh, not that not that obviously that's gonna last very long. <laughs> yeah, the visuals look fantastic. Um, you know, the stuff going on with new Asgard seems intriguing. I love that we're getting sort of Olympia stuff with Zeus and everything here. I like that we're getting some classic Norse stuff that we used to see all the time in Thor books, like the goats and uh, all of that. Um, I love that we're finally, finally getting. The idea that uh, Mjolnir or Stormbreaker can summon the Bifrost itself, 
because it doesn't really show it because it's a close up of Thor and the and then of Stormbreaker emitting some kind of energy. But as a Thor fan, like that's all I can think about. He, the 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 uh, Stormbreaker is generating the Bifrost in that scene, right? Which which would tie into Infinity War because right. Thor was told in theory that that it might even that might that the weapon might be able to summon the open the bifrost itself so which which it 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 did but we didn't necessarily see the bifrost we just saw the impact of him hitting the ground yes anyone can so yes yes yeah. so, so, so so we never it, actually really like saw that fulfilled in a way uh I, I mean we 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 saw it enough to where anybody in the know would know right. um but yeah that's cool uh Natalie Portman looks jacked she at the, at the very least she put in the time so good on her um uh, we'll see how we we'll see how it plays out have you have you ever since they announced that it's going to be jane foster uh being thor have you gone back and read any of the jason aaron stuff that had female thor to see if you were intrigued by that concept or anything no i'm just going to judge this based on how it works in the movie okay yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Jason Aaron is one of those writers who's like, you know, it's, you know, once once he's in a, a universe, they kind of give him the keys to the kingdom for a little bit and let him do whatever the hell he wants, kind of like Donny Cates now or all that other stuff. Um, I'm curious with all these elements, what's going to go on? I Like, where where is Groot, by the way? Didn't we see a group shot of like Mantis and Drax and Ra- Rocket and stuff? And Groot wasn't in that scene, right? <sighs> I thought he oh, was. Oh no, he was. Yeah, he was. It, people said Rocket wasn't, but Rocket's actually there too. If you yeah. you have you have to if you slow it, it's hard to see because which is the best part of the trailer when when Thor's head keeps moving over into Peter Quill's view. <laughs> <laughs> that right right when Thor's head is moving over, you can clearly see that that Rocket is it's Nebu, it's it's uh, Gamora that is is not, which would make sense based yeah. on. If she's going to be in the movie, which she's rumored to be in the movie, it probably will be at the end. If the Guardians, yeah. if the Guardians, if the Guardians end up being bookends, if, you know they're going to be in the beginning. If some of the Guardians are come or Peter comes back at the end, then maybe that's what's hard. Some or something will tie into Gamora at that point. But you know they're still looking. You know Gamora is still MIA. So and she certainly wasn't with the team the last time we saw them. So it would make se- that would it would make sense that she wouldn't be in that. The high, the highlight, you know, obviously uh, the Fat Thor workout was kind of funny. Uh, I actually just paused it on that. You know, the hat he's wearing is a trucker hat, trucker yeah. style hat. Strongest so Avenger. She, yeah, <laughs> handwritten Strongest Avenger. If you actually zoom in, it's like he he, cro- he crossed out whatever the actual writing was on it and changes and changed it to Strongest Avenger. <laughs> I'm Which trying it, to figure out whose skeleton that is. That well, that's probably a lot of people suspect that's going to play into the actual part of the movie maybe that's something someone else that gore takes out in the course or has already taken out uh i mean because the cavern he's in looks like a like obviously a not underworldy version of when he went up to to meet surter so it's not surter's it's i mean just looking at it that's not surter no 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 i wouldn't no and besides surter was the one who was taking out hella technically right, so right, so right. so surter should still be in theory, Surtur would still be around, but yeah, I think the the stuff was just continuing that playful band, that playful banter, and and the and the rivalry, but seemingly at least on at least from Thor's perspective, <laughs> the, a, a real friendship, a real relationship between him and Peter that maybe Peter doesn't necessarily <laughs> see the same, but just but 
that that's good that that was just funny that was just really really funny that that scene with what all, all peter wants to do is look at the rest of the guard the guardian and thor just keeps sticking his face in it is interesting worth noting that thor has two uh, two eyes of the same color again that they're both yeah. blue so that let's see let's see if that isn't something they tackle as a plot point for why that's the case I I liked it. It made me laugh. The parts that I the, again the stuff with the guardians I I really liked. I I'm not gonna say I love the trailer. I'm not go, I'm not gonna go. Cra- I'm I'm didn't go crazy over it, but I liked it. I did. I I liked it. And yes, it does give you it does give you the rag does give you the Ragnarok vibe and 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 everything else. So I think certainly as a teaser, I think it it works fine. I think sometimes it's the expectation game that torpedoes a lot of this. The reality is. We've been waiting so damn long to see anything from this movie and it comes out in July. So the reality is, I think that's, and that sets you up sometimes to, Oh, you want that you really want to see a lot because you've waited so long to see anything. And, it, but this is exactly what it is. You don't, you may see hints and of Gore and his handiwork and suspect and suspect there are scenes in this trailer that hint at other things that he's going to do, but you don't necessarily need to see him. Right. And and because yeah. it's about Thor's journey, which is what the movie is essentially about. So that's what the tra- that's what the teaser trailer. So it, it it accomplishes that is as its journey to find his role in the universe. So I, I mean, it, it definitely does what a teaser does in terms of like it doesn't tell me anything about the plot, and if anything, it makes me more confused because you know we have all of the stuff on Olympus, we have the Guardian stuff, we have his workout stuff, we have Jane Foster, Thor, like. And then I'm looking at the scenes even on New Asgard, and I'm like, I'm paused right there on the on the t- trail. There are there are no less than four cruise ships docked off the off on the water outside of New Asgard, and there's a van driving by that says New Asgard Tours. Uh, so what's going on with her, and then or what's going on with New Asgard, and then what's happening uh, with or, or Valkyrie? Valkyrie? It looks like she's a part of some sort of UN situation, maybe. It looks like uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I think they might be trying to get something from Asgard in terms of technology because I, again, I paused the trailer. The poster for the meeting that she's in says something about the energy conference. So they might be trying to get tech from Asgard or something. Um, I don't know, but there's just so many pieces. You know, looking at this, you're, you, it makes it even more confusing. Like, how's it all going to fit together? Which you know. A teaser trailer the job isn't to put it all together for you yet in terms of what the plot is yes and it's and we knew it was we knew it was going to be coming out soon because you want in the timing was pretty perfect because you want it to come out and you want it to be able to again you going kind of like with the next netflix analogy this time you want this to come out and have its moment in the sun and maybe have people talking about it for like a week or two weeks but you want it to fade you want it to somewhat fade away because you want the, the majority of the talk and the interest to then switch to Doctor Strange. And of course, Thor will be playing on Doctor Strange and probably most most prints. So people will get to see the trailer in the theater on, on Doctor Strange almost assuredly. Like probably nine nine showings out of ten would have Thor on it. You know, it's a well, Marvel movie. The, the, the actual trailer, they're this teaser. No, this. Yeah, this. Yeah, they're not going to have another this. one. I, I mean, to... I know we're being semantically accurate, but they're all trailers, whether it's a teaser trailer or not. They're technically all really trailers that, yeah, they're going to put this. They want this to come out and have and people talk about it. But then in another week or so, they want all Marvel is going to want you talking about Doctor Strange. 
and then you can think of and so then you can be reminded about Thor when you're sitting in the trailer, you're sitting in the theater, seeing the trailer for Thor, probably right before Multiverse of Madness starts, since I'm sure that would be the trailer they want right before, since they always the most important trailer is usually the one that's right before the movie begins. But yeah, I, I, I liked it. I, I I'm sure it'll be entertaining. I would be stunned. I would be stunned if it wasn't. But uh, it is to me. I thought it was somewhat intriguing. They showed that even though they all may be from the same couple of scenes it's interesting that they they really played up the guardian the guardians as much in this even though that just may be connecting the tissue based on where we saw thor last and that's why they felt they need they needed to do that and make because they kind of you make it clear he's starting off with them and then they leave and then they leave and he's there with korg and so maybe it's just a matter of reminding people since it's since it's been what no three three years three years right it's, i don't know i don't yeah, what is time 2019 was 2019 so it's only th- it's only it's only three years yes just to re- just kind of to remind people of of where I, where we are but yeah that's it it was good i enjoy i did enjoy it for sure uh, is that it i think that's it all right if people want to reach out to us about any of the topics tonight or give us more feedback to read on a future episode how do they do so lanterncast.com you can email us at lanterncast at gmail.com can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast to track us down. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So please leave us a positive review on all platforms you've listened to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or text, 708 Lantern, 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think. And again, if you would like to get our get the link for Discord, email us at lanterncast at gmail.com and we will send you the link you need to join our discord yeah just like so many of the people who we read feedback tonight and uh, the the additional feedback that we have waiting to read on our next episode indeed all right guys we'll talk to you later good night everybody good night